the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. This week, joined by Action Network NFL expert, Chris Raybon, who will be providing us with an NFL free agency update for every team in the league. Two episodes will go team by team, division, order, additions, departures, quarterbacks, all of it, draft capital, whatever it may be. For this episode, we're going to focus on the AFC That'll be out early Tuesday morning. We'll have the NFC episode as well right here on the Action Network podcast. Let's start with the Buffalo Bills. Came up short again in the postseason. They added offensive line. Connor McGovern comes in. They retain Jordan Poyer. They lose Tremaine Edmonds. I don't have to give you the particulars for every team, Ray Bond, but looking at a team like Buffalo, folks figure, can they get over the hump? What do you make of their offseason so far? I mean, it wasn't like very flashy at all. You know, they, they didn't really do anything amazing. Uh, I think, you know, keeping those safeties together uh, was big, you know, re-signing Poirier to, to go along with, with Micah Hyde, um, you know, losing Edmonds, obviously not ideal, but, you know, linebackers, one of those positions that you don't want to overpay for. I still think they need to address a wide receiver a bit more. I know McKenzie's gone. They added Deontay Hardy from the saints and gave him a, uh, you know, some more money than I thought he was going to get. So uh, I still think they got some work to do at receiver. And just to get over that hump in general, because you look at Cincinnati, you you look at Kansas City, and I think now you have to look at both of those teams as maybe a step ahead of Buffalo, just based on what we've seen these last couple of postseasons and the fact that they really haven't done anything to massively improve the roster uh, since. Buffalo drafting 27th, and we'll see if they make any fringe moves. They let go of Isaiah McKenzie as well. They're still trying to build and keep upward because of the other teams in the division are trying to catch them. We'll start with Miami on that front. The Dolphins uh, did finish behind the Bills in the AFC East standings. They get Jalen Ramsey via trade. Big addition there. They pick up Tua's option. That's their future at quarterback. They do lose Mike Kosicki, but it just, it, to me, it feels like that shoring up their secondary. You talk safety in Buffalo, you can talk corner in Miami. Yeah, Miami, they were a good run defense. They were fourth in DVOA against the run, but the pass was a real problem. We know it's a passing league. They were just 25th in DVOA against the pass. So I think adding Ramsey, uh, you know, even at this stage in his career is still a big addition. He was still a top 10 corner uh, in PFF grades. I think he's going to, be a massive upgrade for them. And, you know, I think Kohu on in the slot was was pretty good last year, and they still have Xavier Howard. So suddenly this the secondary could be legit. And, you know, you, Kasiki, not a major loss for them. You know, they were playing more with uh, Durham Smythe, the blocking tight end. So uh, I think shoring up that defense is big. But it's all going to come down to Tua. I know they signed Mike White. Uh, you know, as a as a potential backup here, but it's really all going to come down to Tua and him remaining on the field. 
Yep, and that remains to be seen. We need more info to find out about Miami, but I don't think that guy, uh, Brady, uh, is going to come out of retirement. I think it's Mike White if it's not Tua. All right, the Patriots finished next in the AFC East. They win 8-9. They have uh, reformed, reformatted their offense. They bring in Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator. Kasiki to New England uh, has connections with Bill O'Brien from Penn State. Juju Smith-Schuster at receiver. They lose Jacoby Myers. Still, it feels like lateral moves for the Patriots. Doesn't feel like they've made any leaps, but they haven't also gone all that far the other way with the retirement of Devin McCourty as well. Yeah, the Patriots, I think quietly they've had at least a, a better offseason than maybe the last couple of years, you know, making some under-the-radar but non-flashy additions. Juju is going to replace Myers. I think that's solid. Gesicki at tight end gives them another pass-catching option. Uh, they signed James Robinson at running back. You know, they love to kind of go through running back, so uh, maybe they can use him. He's still young. Uh, and, of course, you know, just getting somebody in there that's not Patricia – or a judge to coordinate the offense with Bill O'Brien. I, I think some of these moves, you got to look at them as a positive. Now they're in a stacked division. So they're actually last in, in, in division odds at FanDuel at seven to one. You know, I do think they're, they have a little more upside than maybe they're given credit for. Um, they also signed some offensive tackle depth with Calvin Anderson, Riley Reef. So uh, it's really all going to come down for the Patriots, you know, can they kind of get back right on offense after that kind of really a year that stunted Mac Jones's growth, I think, uh, now with a, another offensive coordinator? That remains to be seen, but I do think they have some upside if Jones can kind of you know, get last year out of his system and kind of take a step forward uh, from his rookie year when he, he was quite good. Then all these, you know, kind of, as you called them, lateral moves uh, on offense will look a lot better. So. Uh, yeah. It's going to come down to Jones, but really, I think Bill O'Brien might have been the biggest uh, change for New England here. Yeah, we talk so much about year two leap out of the quarterback position. And for Mac Jones, I think a lot of folks, at least in New England, are willing to give him, let's take year two, throw it in the trash. And this will be the real year two um, with Bill O'Brien in, in the fold now uh, as the offensive coordinator. So, and Riley Reef can't play anymore. But yeah, I know. I just, you know, you got to have some depth, though. You got to have some depth, though. I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, some of the teams, and we'll talk about them, but signing depth is kind of an underrated thing. It doesn't look flashy now, but some some of these teams end up putting all their eggs in one basket in free agency. And if that guy gets hurt, I mean, you know, that that move is null and void. So, a team like the Patriots, they're usually not going to be a, you know, ever since Brady left, they were never going to be a star, a star heavy team. You know, they were always going to kind of be balanced and that's, that's going to kind of be their, you know, calling card, you know? And so that, that's kind of what they, they're going to have to out roster these other teams in the AFC East, because these other teams are going to be top heavy. You look at the bills with, with their quarterback and something, you know, Stefan Diggs and some of their guys on defense, you look at Miami with Ramsey now and, and, and Tyreek and, and the jets, you know, they may get Rodgers. They have some stars on defense as well. So New England, if they're going to win, they're going to have to do it by having a solid squad, 1-53. to So we asked the question, if Miami is a threat to the Bills in the division, well, the Jets have the second-best odds to win the AFC East at plus 230 at FanDuel. I think a lot of folks at Action have talked about getting a Jets ticket. I think the value has now soared. You probably missed your chance. Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. Alan Lazard. Now the Rogers thing isn't done yet mm-hmm. as yeah. we record here on, uh, on a Monday afternoon, late March. I'm just going to presume he's going there. 
Okay, let's just make it easy. Hackett's there as former OC in Green Bay, Alan Lazard. What comes to mind when you think of the Jets and what it looks like with Aaron Rodgers potentially as their quarterback? Well, from the betting market perspective, I see some red flags because I think they're already kind of being priced in anticipation of this Rodgers move. And, you know, we still don't have uh, it's not official. We don't know exactly what the Jets are going to give up. So I'm with you. I think the there's no real value uh, in betting Jets futures now. Now, they do have an intriguing squad um, from a talent perspective. But, you know, Rodgers, first of all, he had arguably the worst year of his career, if not certainly the worst one in, in, in quite some time. And so at his age, you wonder if now he's really starting to decline. I know it looked like it a couple a couple of years ago, and then he put up some, you know, back-to-back MVP seasons. But, uh, you know, for the first time, he started turning the ball over more. Uh, accuracy just wasn't there. So you, And you, he also said he was kind of 90% sure he was going to retire before going on his darkness retreat. So uh, Rodgers might be the biggest question mark you know, not just the compensation and does he actually get here, but you know, how well is he going to play? Because, you know, by some metrics, he wasn't all that much better than what the Jets had. It, it, it sounds crazy, but, you know, QBR wise, he's only a couple points better than, than their disaster, the disaster that was the Jet quarterback room last year. So I think Rodgers uh, is going to have to play at a high level still because, you know, it's not just you're, you're going – uh, you, you know, you're getting Aaron Rodgers, you're getting Aaron Rodgers, but you still have to compete with the rest of this division. And especially if two is healthy, uh, it's going to be a tough division. So uh, I think the Jets on paper have a lot of talent, but uh, being in the division that they're in, I don't think Aaron Rodgers automatically makes them this, uh, you know, top tier contender. I think they're still kind of a cut below, uh, you know, the Buffaloes, the Kansas City, the Cincinnati's uh, of the world. And, uh, you know, Lazard, I, I think is a solid signing but you know he Rodgers has to go there like uh, I don't I don't know if Lazard has the same success with any other quarterback so overall the Jets have some upside but it, the market has already kind of priced us out of really getting much value uh, with any of these Jets tickets I would just I would remind people too it took him a while Aaron Rodgers to get in sync with Christian Watson they're a young mm-hmm. the Jets are talented but their pieces are also really young not as established that that could take some time and it might be too. You can't take your time in the AFC like you can get away with the NFC with that schedule you got next year, meaning you got to get off to a good start or be in the hunt and you can't play catch up down the stretch, which is what they tried to do. The Packers did this past year. And, there's, and the offensive line could still be an issue. I mean, you're relying on Makai Becton to come back healthy. Uh, that that O line really was not very good last year. And, you know, Becton hasn't really played. And then you don't really, you know, Tomlinson was, he didn't really live up to to his contract. So there's a lot of question marks on the line. And that's something that's never really been much of an issue for Rodgers and Green Bay. So I know I love Wilson at receiver. Obviously, Lazard is great. Moore, uh, they have some talent at receiver. Uh, Brees Hall, if he comes back, is going to be a, a dynamic pass-catching threat out of the backfield. But the Jets are one of those teams, you know, they could look sexier on paper than they actually are if that offensive line doesn't come together. Uh, Defensive line looks great. Defense in general looks pretty good. But uh, that offensive line with with an aging quarterback, uh, to me, is still a concern. Okay, on to the AFC North. Cincinnati Bengals 12-4 found themselves in the AFC Championship game. This time around, they fell short to the Chiefs. 
So they they lose some pieces in their secondary. A couple safeties. Jesse Bates goes to Atlanta. A couple of offensive pieces gone. Hurst, P. Ryan. They do add Orlando Brown from Kansas City uh, on, uh, at the left tackle position. Jermaine Pratt re-signed. Are we at a point now with Can- uh, with um with Cincinnati where we could feel that they're going to be right up there every year? What would you make of their offseason? I you know I like. The Brown signing, I, I think, you know, Cincinnati continues to, to try to address that offensive line. Yeah. And, you know, they, they made some additions last year. They, they, they played better down the stretch, but uh, still wasn't as good as they like. So Orlando Brown was a, was a top 20 tackle uh, in, in PFF grades among 81 uh, qualifiers. And uh, they gave him four years, 64 mil. I think that was a good signing for them. But I am concerned about the losing both safeties. I mean, uh, this they're essentially – going to have to potentially be a shootout team this year you know maybe Dax Hill takes a step forward uh they're relying on him but right now you know just given that it's uh such a passing league and, and a quarterback league I, I do worry about losing your entire starting backfield I know the the, the second level is still good uh, at linebacker but you know that and they and, and Wuzier probably comes back you still got Hilton but uh I I do worry about that secondary Bates was was play, playing at an all pro level uh, for much of his tenure in, in Cincinnati and Von Bell was very good uh, last year as well. So uh, that's what I really worry about for them. You know, guys like Hayden Hurst, Samaj P Ryan, those play, those pieces, you can kind of, you, you, those are replaceable pieces. Um, yeah. But, but those safeties, especially in tandem uh, and that, and you have your best corner coming off of uh, an ACL I just worry about that secondary. And I think they could be in a place where they're relying, they, you know, that offensive line better protect Joe Burrow because they might be in more shootouts than they've been in years past. And that's the irony of it, right? Burrow had some turnover problems down the stretch. And if you turn the ball over because you don't have as much protection, which that's fine, but can your defense then bail you out? And that is where in a passing league, having a depleted secondary uh, could be a cause for concern, but they could put up points and make it not matter that O-line is good enough. Baltimore Ravens, the non-exclusive franchise tag. I'll be honest, I didn't know much about that until this particular offseason. Lamar Jackson, I don't know. I mean, like, again, we could be doing this right now. Ray Bond, it might not mean squat by Friday. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to say about Lamar. Is he playing for Baltimore? Is he going elsewhere? Is someone going to match a lucrative offer? He's tweeting out, contracts he's been offered. He doesn't have an agent. What's your lead take on the Ravens and the Lamar Jackson situation? I've always felt that he was going to end up back in Baltimore. I feel like, you know, the non-exclusive tag was a, you know, the negotiations were obviously very, very tough for both sides, especially with Lamar representing himself. Uh, I, I think the Ravens are kind of just like, all right, you know, go see what you can get. And they knew that they, they know they have the opportunity to match it. So I still think he'll be back in Baltimore. Um, you know, that 32 mil would be about 15% of the cap. Uh, so, you know, this team, you look at the Ravens, I mean, what do we say every year? What do they need to do? Add a receiver. They still haven't added a receiver. Uh, so uh, the Ravens' same issues that they've had in the past are still there. And now you have this big kind of question mark with Lamar Jackson. Now, I, I still think the defense will be very good. But, you know, when we talk about their offense, you know, what, what was their big signing so far? Uh, Resigning Justice it, Hill? 
Yeah, got I, me. I literally, I, I have a rundown going for us here to take folks <laughs> behind the curtain. I've got nothing for the Ravens. I don't know what else to talk about. Yeah, I have one line in my in my notes. It's it's Lamar Jackson. You know, it's really there's not there's it's kind they're kind of in limbo, right? And yeah. I, I just worry because you know the longer you go in free agency, you're, you you're not really getting your choice of any of these wide receivers. And I think I think Baltimore, you know, at, at some point they just really need to make a splash at, at that position. Uh, you know, even you know, regardless of who's the quarterback, I mean, this team, you know, you have a, a, an amazing pass catching tight end in Mark Andrews, but you don't really unlock the benefit of that if you if you have these below average receivers. I know Bateman should be back and and, and he should be uh, solid, but I still think you need another guy. I don't know you want to rely on Duvernay, Prochet. Uh, you know, maybe they address it uh, in the in the upcoming draft, you know, if they lose Lamar, they get, they get, they get a couple of first round picks, but right as it stands, they have the number 22 overall. And then they don't pick again till round three uh, at pick one at pick 86. And they only have five picks in this draft. So you start wondering, okay, like how exactly are you going to improve that offense? And if you lose Lamar and you take the picks, I mean, your, your, your offense is not looking good at all, even with those two first round picks. So I, I'm, you know, this team, there's a lot of volatility is in a wide range of outcomes, I think, as to what this offense could look like. But I, I still worry about that wide receiver position, regardless of what happens uh, at quarterback. Pittsburgh Steelers, nine and eight, another over 500 season for Mike Tomlin. They do release miles Jack. They lose cam Sutton in free agency. They add to their defense, Patrick Peterson. I'm not sure all that much he has left in the tank, but he comes over from Minnesota and Cole Holcomb, uh, their Mm -hmm. addition at linebacker. Mm -hmm. So it's like classic Pittsburgh right on brand. They're adding to their defense and they're going to run the ball. And it's just, uh, they're good moves, but I think they're trying to, they're just trying to stay strong defensively. It would be my theme. Yeah. I mean, Peterson, you know, he had a 66.8 passer rating last year. That was number 14 of 136 qualifiers. Now, can he continue to replicate that, you know, into his, you know, in, well into his thirties now with a new team, yeah. we will see. Cause Cam Sutton was pretty good uh, as well. Uh, I do like the Holcomb signing. Uh, they also signed Landon Roberts, but they did lose, you know, essentially their entire linebacking core. I mean, Spillane, Jack Bush. Uh, so uh, it, for me, it's going to come down to yes, that Peterson signing, but really how does Kenny Pickett look in year two, you know, him growing with what has now become a pretty young offense, uh, you know, across the board, uh, a talented one, but, but a young one, uh, the, the line got better last year and they signed guard Isaac Ciamulo, who was a uh, 10th uh, of 77 guards in PFF grade. So, you know, they, their offense could take a big step forward. Uh, and, you know, like you said, they, they made some good moves on defense. So you can't really poke holes in anything uh, that Pittsburgh did. They were 19th in past DVOA. So they do need to take a little bit more of a step forward there on defense. Uh, but overall, this this team does have some upside and they didn't make any moves that you kind of scratch your head or, or, or kind of, you know, fail to make any moves, I guess, either that, that leave you scratching your head. And they do have three picks in the top 50, uh, 17 overall. They have the 32nd uh, and then the 49th pick. So I, I, I think Pittsburgh's actually, you know, obviously they have a great coach as well. So yeah. I, I think I think Pittsburgh's actually in a, in a decent spot, uh, you know, it, it, you know, even though they're 
with the last odds in that in the longest odds in that division at about six to one. I think Pittsburgh's in a decent spot and has some upside. Yeah, George Pickens and in, 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 kind of came on at the end of the year, and mm-hmm. it's a classic Pittsburgh. They trade Claypool midseason or before the deadline, and then you watch Pittsburgh's going to draft somebody else in like the third <laughs> or fourth round, and they're going to fit right in third or fourth on the depth chart, and you're going to go, oh, Pittsburgh at it again. Got a second round pick for Chase Claypool. We'll plug someone else in and we'll make it work. At least the track record, that's what the track record tells us. Yeah. And they, they could go, you know, I, I mean, the three top 50 picks, they could go two defensive players, even with the first two. I mean, if they can, if they could just get, you know, one more receiver to kind of replenish what, what they lost with Claypool, you know, they still got Johnson and, and Pickens with Friar Moose. They get one more receiver. I, I think the line is in decent shape. Uh, if they just kind of get that defense from average to, to very good again, uh, I think I think they're undervalued in the market. Cleveland Browns are plus 430. The, the, the key with them is we see we'll get to Sean Watson, we think, for a full season. But some, some additions and subtractions, both on defense, uh, defensive end. They bring in Tomlinson at defensive tackle from the Vikings. Thornhill, the safeties in addition. John Johnson, Jadavion Clowney, both uh, released. Any other uh, for Cleveland? Are they are they undervalued right now, or do you need to see more? Do you like the surrounding cast for Watson? I mean, Watson himself, uh, you know, that was a head stretcher. You know, I mean, because they don't have Jacoby Brissett anymore. So, um, and who is better, by the way? Who is better than Deshaun Watson for them? So, this was a very good offense under Brissett. It was not a very good offense under Watson. Uh, you can only hope that he he kind of regains his form. If he does, I think you're in good shape uh, on offense. You obviously have Chubb. You still have a good old line. Uh, you have two good receivers and, and a good tight end. Uh, on defense, I think Tomlinson was big. They also signed Tristan Hill, Maurice Hurst. So they, not, they got the big splash signing, but they also signed depth at defensive tackle, and they really, really needed guys on the interior. I mean, they were just getting pushed around, uh, you know, inside last year. They're, they were – bottom five team in, in terms of run defense. So I, I like those moves. Thornhill was the top 20 safety last year. They also signed uh, Obi Okoronkwo from, uh, from from Houston, I believe it was. He, he was a, a pretty good edge player. So up front, they've improved. Uh, you know, I like the Thornhill signing and, and the offense depends on Watson. So uh, another team could be a little bit undervalued, but, you know, it's tough to kind of project Watson now. You know, was that just because of the long layoff or, you know, is, is this going to be kind of what are we not going to see that dominant player that we saw in, in the past? I think that's the question. But this team does have a lot of upside because if Watson pans out, uh, you know, and, and given, you know, their signings up front, they're not going to have many holes uh, across this roster. Let's go to the AFC South Jacksonville Jaguars, your division winner last year. They came on. In the second half of the season, Trevor Lawrence made that leap. Christian Kirk emerged as a great receiver. Etienne at running back. So they've got pretty much the whole crew back, but they did lose their right tackle, Jawan Taylor, to free agency. And that that was kind of expected, I think. Like the Chiefs mm-hmm. got him, of course. The Patriots were connected. Some, a bunch of teams were connected to him. He's a great player. What what about the offseason, though, to get better and, and, and kind of establish – Jaguar, I just I don't know if there's enough confidence. I don't have enough confidence to say at minus 145 right now to win that division. The Jags are definitely winning the division again next year, even though they probably should. 
Yeah, you know, they didn't do much. They're, they're talking about building through the draft this year after they had the, the big free agency last year. And I think that is a, a sharp thing to do. Uh, I still think their old line could be better. Um, I, you know, Sheriff obviously didn't – I don't think he played as well as they had hoped last year. Uh, you mentioned, you know, them losing Taylor. So I do think the O-line could still be a little better. Maybe they'll address that. But in terms of the skill positions, I think they're set with Calvin Ridley coming back, uh, Christian Kirk. You still got uh, Evan Ingram. So uh, ETN, as you mentioned. So I, I like that side of the ball. And, and then defensively, you know, obviously you got to get better there. So um, you talk about building through the draft. I, I think you need to get more help at cornerback. You know, Tavon, uh, Tyson Campbell, excuse me, was, was very good last year. But uh, you need to get him some help. And uh, I think you need to get better uh, up front as well. So uh, that's what they need to address in the draft. But I think they're a bit overvalued here just because all these other teams in that division have, you know, draft capital. And there's just kind of a wide range of outcomes in terms of what could happen with the quarterbacks for each of those teams. And until we know what's going to happen with the quarterbacks of those other teams, it's hard to say, okay, the Jaguars are are the prohibitive favorites. So, uh, you know, I think last year was the year to buy low on the Jaguars. Now they're kind of priced uh, appropriately or maybe even a little overvalued. But I think the value in the futures market is going to be uh, on these other teams who, you know, we really don't know exactly uh, what, what their roster is going to look like. Uh, at some key positions just because of uh, what they're going to do in the draft. Yeah. Cause they're, they're, they're really not that good. Like the other teams in their division. Or yeah, we don't they're not. Them. Yeah. No, like, but you don't always need much to win the AFC South that, you know, the Jags, true. you know, the Jags could, could be a, a nine and eight team again, depending, you know, we got to see what they do in, in, uh, in the draft, but at the same time, you know, maybe now, uh, you know, year two under Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, I think, could take a major step forward. And I think Ridley is going to really help. So uh, that's what you're kind of banking on. But I-, I would like to see that defense get a little better before I crown the Jags. Tennessee plus 280. So you go from minus 145 Jacksonville, <laughs> you jump all the way to plus 280. Next team in that division uh, on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tennessee loses guard Nate Davis. They mm-hmm. lose Robert Woods, who wasn't all that productive upon his arrival there. What, what about? I don't know. I don't know what to say about the Titans. What, do you have something you can tell me? Because I don't know much about what they what, what they've been up to this spring, winter. They've been losing a lot of offensive linemen. I'll, I'll tell you that. You know, it wasn't just Nate Davis. It was Ben Jones, who was a top ten center last year. Uh, Taylor Lewan, a long time. Uh, tackle. Um, now they did add Daniel Brunskill from San Francisco uh, and Andre Dillard from Philadelphia. Uh, you know, on defense, they made some additions. Arden Key, Aziz Alshire, but they lost David Long. They lost to Marcus Walker. So they're essentially losing good players and replacing them with good players, you know, on defense in the front seven and across the offensive line, but uh, still have holes at receiver. 
and there's still, you know, there's still some uncertainty about exactly. Like they say, hey, we're going forward with with Tannehill, but we're still hearing trade rumors. You know, they got the new GM, Rand Carthon. Uh, you know, draft wise, I mean, they only got six picks. They got the eleventh uh, overall, but um, you know, it, it looks like this team. You know, Mike Vrabel is always able to work magic, and you know, especially with that defense. But I mean, the offensive cupboard—they're gonna really like the cupboard seems pretty bare uh, on offense. Uh, you know, at, at at these skill positions, they're gonna be relying on a lot of young guys. I mean, I guess you're going with Traylon Burks, and maybe yep. you're hoping Phillips can 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 kind of continue to grow and become your slot receiver. And 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 I do like the tight end, uh, Chigo Conco, but I, I just you know. I just don't – this passing game, they got to they gotta get back to when, you know, that that level when they had A.J. Brown and, and uh, you know, Traylon Burke's going to have to take a big step forward for that to happen. But at the same time, this is a well-coached team, and, you know, it, it might not look flashy, but that is one of the reasons why I say, hey, you know, don't crown the Jaguars because the Titans make, a, you know, the right moves on offense. If they if they can hit on their picks and, and they're going to have to, um, then they could be right there. Then they could be back you know, where, where, where we've seen in the last couple of years, but uh, I think it really is going to come down to hitting on their picks because you look at what they've done and it, it's just really been kind of lateral moves uh, for them in, in free agency. When they played Kansas city week nine on the road, Malik Willis, like freezing cold. They like, that's the kind of game they still want to win unless mm-hmm. they have a more competent passing game. And that. Yeah. Draft picks, Tannehill or Willis, we'll find out. Oh, that's not, I don't think it's going to be Willis at this point. I mean, they they benched him for Josh Dobbs. I, yeah, this I, is true. The Willis experiment might be over. I mean, I don't know if they would say that, but. Well, maybe they're in on Lamar Jackson. I mean, yeah, we, we never know. I mean, that's what I say, you know, again, there's so much uncertainty with the, the quarterback positions essentially open, you know, in, in a way, in, in some senses for all three of these other teams. Which is which is interesting. I, I know the Titans are saying they're going to move forward with Tannehill, but a lot of trade rumors, and I'm sure that you know if they had, a, you know, maybe Lamar Jackson is still on the table. So um, it, Titans are a team to watch. And again, I think their defense will be fine, and you know it, their offense is just about you know if they can if if, if Burks takes a step forward, uh, if they can add another receiver, suddenly you know they're 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 back to being you know an average average kind of team that could in the right Confident. in the right year win you know nine ten games so uh, i wouldn't count the titans out just yet to have a lot of respect for uh, mike vrabel uh and that coaching staff i agree colts are also connected to lamar jackson thank god well the only person who might be upset about matt ryan departing is jill gallant so he can't take his interception <laughs> prop anymore next year um but <sighs> matt ryan has not matt ryan has not officially retired um he's just not there anymore he got released steph gilmore is gone he's in dallas now uh, they, they've lost a little depth at linebacker. They have a new head coach. Gardner Minshew is their assigning at quarterback. Um, they get that Niners defensive end. I think who can commit and, and be an impact player. The, the Colts, we said this last year too, and I still feel the same way. And Raybon, you tell me. They've still got pieces at individual positions. I just got to see. We got to see how it can all mesh and come together. What do you think so far of the Colts? Yeah, yeah. This is a team that they have pieces. But for me, when I look at the coach, I'm I'm looking at where's the stars? You know, who are the stars? Who are yeah. the guys that are going to set players. you apart? You know, you have a lot of guys that are are average to good, but you kind of sum it up and, and and look at the sum of the parts. And, you know, 
things don't go right and it could be another four four win type of year uh you know especially you know you lose Gilmore who was you know probably your best player last year um so that's concerning and Bobby Okereke was a, a very important piece I know they had a lot they feel good about their linebacker depth so I'm not going to knock them too much for, for losing him but you know that's still uh you know it's still a loss of a guy who's been playing really well for them now at least they seem to have fixed their kicker issue Matt Gay a uh, 94% field goal percentage over his last two years. Indianapolis kickers just 82% on field goals uh, a year ago. So at least, at least they've done that. But I really think for them, it's going to come down to, uh, you know, what do they do at quarterback? And it's likely going to come through the draft, you know, outside shot, I guess, at, at, uh, at Lamar Jackson. But I think this team needs, you know, the quarterback position and, uh, you know, I know they re-signed Ashton Dewan. They let Paris Campbell go. So I, I, I do think they need another uh, pass catcher as well, whether that player comes at at tight end or, or you know, the third wide receiver, which I think would be preferable because uh, I like Jelani Woods at, at tight end. But this team, need, it just needs more high upside guys, that those true, true difference makers, which I don't think they have yet. But, you know, they have the fourth overall pick and uh, they have a bunch of picks uh, on, on day three as well. Uh, you know, I think five picks on day three to build some depth, but I'm really looking for the for the star power uh, from Indy. If not, I think I would still probably trust the Titans over them just because of the their coaching staff. Two picks ahead of the Colts, the Houston Texans. They are picking now behind the Carolina Panthers after that big trade between Chicago and Carolina. So the number two pick in the draft, I would, I would call that an addition, uh, depending mm-hmm. on what they do with it. Uh, likely a quarterback. Which one? I don't know. And we'll save that. That's a way of plugging the uh, the draft podcast we're doing, the NFL draft podcast, myself, Luke Swain, Travis Reed. Okay, so they lose Brandon Cooks. They bring in Noah Brown, Robert Woods, staying in division. D'Amico Ryans is their new head coach for the Texans. They, uh, any interest? Any interest in, in Bryce, the Bryce Young Texans or the Anthony Richardson Texans? What's your read on the Texans? And how do you, just if you want if you want to remind the people how did you bet the Texans as the season went down the stretch in terms of games they played in? Ah, uh, how did we bet the Texans? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, that's that just, that just a question. I was just making sure. Okay, so you didn't. So you stayed away. Uh, from- I mean, I remember betting them down the stretch like they were playing hard for maybe right. the last. Yeah. So th- this is the team that. I, they'll probably be undervalued on a week to week basis. If that's what you're getting at, uh, yes. because they'll be an underdog in probably all of their games. I, I think they have some considerable upside. Cause you look at their draft capital, they have the, the number two, the number 12, the 33, 65 and 73. So they have five, uh, five picks in the top 73. Uh, and then they have, you know, another handful of picks coming on day three as well, including the, you know, the one Oh four in round four. So, they're going to be able to, to to significantly improve the roster in the draft. It's already a young roster. I think D'Amico Ryan's, uh, you know, it, the defense should play well. Obviously, the it's really the offense. I think has to make huge strides because I like the Jimmy Ward signing for you know at safety. He was a top six safety uh, in PFF grades. He is uh, going on his age thirty two season, but uh, it didn't show any signs of falling off. Uh, Sheldon Rankins, uh, you know, up the middle, Hassan Ridgeway. They had a Shaq uh, on defense and then Shaq Mason uh, to the interior. I, I don't think Robert Woods is going to move the needle in, in any type of way, but uh, if they can, if they can hit on their quarterback and add some weapons, um, you know, a couple of receivers, this team could suddenly be, you know, again, just 
kind of below average or, you know, kind of sneaking toward average and, and be and be right there with these other teams. So I think the, the Texans are, are a team that if I'm looking at value in this division, I think the Jaguars are probably probably have the least value just based on the futures market, just because of how they're priced. Uh, and the Texans probably have the most, you know, just because of, you know, you have a new coach, just so much uncertainty, new coach, going to get a new quarterback and you have all this draft capital, uh, 12 picks in total, five in the top 73. This roster could look significantly different in, in about a month and a half. Let's wrap our AFC episode with the AFC West, the reigning champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. They bring in Jawan Taylor, who we had talked about Jacksonville losing. Taylor goes to the Chiefs, fills the void of Orlando Brown, so they shore up their offensive line. Patrick Mahomes did some restructuring of his contract, but no surprise, they're, they're going to lose guys because of the mm-hmm. money they've invested in other positions. So no Brown. Juju Smith-Schuster's out. Uh, Juwan, um, Juan Thornhill's out. Andrew Wiley, right tackle, he's out. I guess this comes back to the confidence you have and the coach and the quarterback to keep this train on the tracks and remain a powerhouse. So looking at Kansas city based on how they finished and what they were able to retain and what they lost. Are you confident that they can, they'll be fine despite their losses. I mean, you're always going to be fine with Patrick Mahomes, but I don't love, I, I don't like their off season. I, I, I'll tell you that. Okay. First of all, Juwan Taylor you know, I know, you know, the reputation, but you just look at him and compare him to Brown and how they played last year. You know, Taylor was 65th of, of 81 qualified tackles and PFF grades. Uh, Orlando Brown was 19th. So that, that's a big drop off if Taylor doesn't kind of improve his play. And he's only played a, a handful of snaps at left tackle over the last few years. And they're going to be relying on him to do that. And you, so you'll lose both of your tackles and you know, remember what happened to the Chiefs when they had O-line issues? You know, they got to the Super Bowl, but then got destroyed by the by Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, I, you know, I don't like that they don't that, – that their offensive line looks like it took a step back because I think that was a big reason why they had kind of um, gotten over the hump again, you know, was because they, they shored up that offensive line after that loss to the Bucs. So, I don't love it that they lose both of their their tackles. Uh, you know, go, you know, losing Thornhill. I know you got Cook. You, you're going to try to replace him with him. And you did sign Mike Edwards, but Mike Edwards um, ha- wasn't very good last year. We'll see if he can uh, improve in, in Spagnuolo's scheme. But uh, overall, I think, you know, they lost more talent than than they added. And so uh, it, it's interesting because you also look at Cincinnati and that secondary may not be as good. Uh, Buffalo didn't you know, didn't really get better either. Yeah. So it could just, it could be one of those situations where the AFC, you know, those are the clear top three teams, but it could be a little bit more, more uh, of a toss up, um, you know, than we think if, if, if these teams can't get better. So yeah, I, I didn't love Kansas city's off season, but uh, you got Mahomes, and, you know, they figured they, they were able to weather the storm with the loss of, of Hill. So we'll see how they, they draft, but as of right now and where they stand, uh, they lost more talent than than they have gained in in free agency, which you know I guess you can kind of expect as a as a championship winner. Well, that's a, that's a good theme I think for those three teams too. Like they've got to hit if they want to stay perennial in their conference and in their respective divisions, they have to keep drafting well. And, and the Chiefs did that last year. You know they yes. got they got contributions from a bunch of young players, and that yep. made the difference. So you know they have the thirty first pick you know because they were very good so they picked yep. essentially last uh, or right uh second to last in each round so um not ideal but they have shown the ability to hit 
hit on their picks. And, and they do have quite a few picks on day three. So, you know, maybe you get another contributor like a Pacheco last year or somebody like that. So um, I'll, I'll be paying a lot of attention to their draft. I think anyone who's interested in kind of betting NFL futures, you know, the, the drafts for these top contenders are going to mean more, I think, than they have uh, in the last few years, because I, I do think they need to, they need to hit on some picks to kind of stay stay well ahead of the pack or they're going to kind of fall back into the pack. And you're going to start to see, you know, one of these upstart teams maybe challenge challenge that top three. Chargers at plus 350 behind the Chiefs to come out of the division in the AFC West. So Eric Kendricks, they pick him up at linebacker. There's the Austin Eckler stuff, which I guess he's he's got permission to to seek a trade and find a partner. So that's an incomplete. If that happens, that changes a lot. But what I'm more interested in, Kellen Moore comes over to be the offensive coordinator. He leaves Dallas to take the same job. It's kind of like what we talked about with New England, but Justin Herbert's really already good. and He's overcame a bad O-line. But does the new OC give you more confidence? Does it make you stay the same? Do you just kind of look at it same way as it was before with Kellen Moore as the new OC for Justin Herbert in Los Angeles? You know, I, I don't really think a new OC puts them over the top. I think I think health puts them over the top. I mean, last year, I think that was the main issue is that, you know, they couldn't get Keaton Allen on the field for, for most of the year. Mike Williams w- was in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, it, it just, you know, they had Eckler healthy. But And now if you talk about trading Eckler, I mean, what is a running back really getting, even as good as he is, uh, you know, exactly what is a running back netting you um, trade wise, you know, compared to just, you know, keeping him together with Herbert now, and you know, like I, I, you know, they seem if if Eckers has the potential to get traded, it seems more likely, you know, they take a step back than forward. Now, you know, health is going to play a big factor, but I think this team has a ton of upside. But, um, you know, I, I Eckler I think is worth more to the Chargers than probably a lot of other teams at this at this point. So. Um, I don't think Kellen Moore moves the needle. I think this team is always going to have a ton of upside and Brandon Staley coaches in a manner that, you know, it's going to be, you know, risk reward, but, you know, I, I still, the defense, I think, you know, there's question marks about the defense, you know, JC Jackson was a, a bust is last year, you know, can, can you get anything out of him or is, is that a lost cause? You know, can you keep Bosa healthy? But, you know, Mac is a year older. You got to keep those guys on the field together to really unlock your defense and uh, along with Derwin James. So, you know, Kendricks is a nice addition. He wasn't amazing last year. He's actually a little bit below average uh, in terms of his grade. And uh, and he is a little bit older now at at 31. So I I think this team still has the same upside that we've kind of um, been tantalized with in the past, but. If they trade Eckler, I mean that, that that even though he's a running back, I still think that's that's not ideal. He's not quite a disposable razor. He's yeah, like a, he's not. He's like one of those fancy like eight dollar ones you buy at Gillette. You know those ones you have to really invest in, not the ninety nine cent bag at Walgreens or CVS. Raiders they add Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. They bring in Jacoby Myers. They lose Darren Waller. Raiders are they that much better, or their defense is still kind of not. Not great. So what do you make of Garoppolo reuniting with McDaniels? I like Garoppolo. I mean, he's been good when he's played, but, you know, Derek Carr rarely missed games. Now you're going to a quarterback in in, in Jimmy G who uh, you got to expect to miss games. And then you also, 
lost Jared Stidham, who showed promise as a backup and, you know, probably could have spots get, you know, given you a couple of spot starts. Uh, you know, Myers, I like him as a player, but you always wonder, will he be as do as well outside of new England? Now he is going, you know, reuniting with McDaniel. So maybe, maybe that's, he will, but you, you know, Waller, even though he didn't play much last year, I, I think that's still a loss. Um, and then you look at the guys they added in free agency, Robert Spillane at linebacker uh, rated out as one of the worst in the league last year. Brandon Faison at corner graded out as one of the worst in the league last year. Marcus Epps at safety graded out as one of the worst in the league last year. They lost uh, defensive tackle Andrew Billings, who graded out as one of the better defensive tackles last year. Uh, Cleveland Farrell, who was, you know, not really what they'd hoped he'd be, but was about league average. So all their moves in free agency outside of, you know, they either made lateral moves or and on defense, they didn't really do anything to improve a defense that was 31st in DVOA, at least, you know, with the players, if the players are going to continue to play like they did last year. So I'm still very worried about the defense. And I think this could go bad in a hurry if Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, suffers another injury, which, you know, he's been known to do. So I, I am, this is a team I'm probably staying away from. Now they do have some, some decent draft capital. They have five picks in the top one, 109. So they're going to have to hit on those and because they need some depth. They need reinforcements all through the defense and uh, they can't really afford injuries right now. So I think this team still has more downside uh, than it has upside uh, at this point, especially when you're playing Kansas city t- twice a year. And now you got Sean Payton potentially restoring order to that Broncos team. That still has some, some talent, uh, you know, Las Vegas, to me, seems ticketed for for a last place finish. Yeah, I'm fascinated. We have the NFC episode out as well. When we talk Derek Carr, if Derek Carr has a good year with a team that is a competent defense and it doesn't go well for Jimmy Garoppolo, who's always had a good defense, New England, mm-hmm. San Francisco. Point. I, I, I find that whole dynamic interesting because Derek Carr has a real opportunity to say, see, I just never had a good situation. Like Matt Stafford never had a great situation in Detroit before they started getting players. Anywho, um, Denver. Talk about that. So the Raiders have draft capital. The Denver Broncos don't. And Sean Payton still decided to go there. They don't have the fifth pick. That belongs to Seattle because of the Russell Wilson trade. P. Ryan's in. They get Zach Allen on the defense. They added offensive line as well. But the, the, the key here is can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson and can they overcome that contract and how he played last year? And could can they? And I know Judy and Sutton have been mixed in. Trade talks and they might make moves there, but what what is Sean Payton walking into in terms of what they've got going on? Well, the defense, you know, should still be good. That yeah. that's so that's a positive. And you know, we've seen Sean Payton kind of make it work with weird, weird offenses. You know, I'll, I'll say that. You know, it, yeah. it's it's not always pretty. I mean, you know, when he needed to make it work with Taysom Hill, he made it work with Taysom Hill. When he needed to make it work with a noodle arm Drew Brees at the end of his career, he made it work with him. Uh, so I, I'd give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, he's the third most profitable coach in our Bet Labs database, which extends back two decades uh, against the spread. He's 133, 105, and 3, uh, 56%. He's also uh, the t- second most profitable coach of 143 uh, as an underdog at 46, 29, and 2, 61%. So Peyton tends to exceed expectations. No picks until round three really hurts. 
Uh, you know, McGuinchy on the O-line, um, I, I think it was important. He's he's an above-average uh, tackle, uh, although pass blocking, he wasn't as good as run blocking. So uh, I think they're going to need to protect uh, Russ. But uh, Ben Powers, I think, was a nice signing for them from Baltimore uh, in the interior. He was the number two pass blocking guard last year. So uh, overall, defense will be fine. I, I don't think they should trade Judy. I think Sutton would be the guy you move. Uh, just something about these bigger bodied wide receivers. I just think the career, you know, the trajectory for those guys, especially after a major injury. Uh, I, I don't know if there's as much of a ceiling there as, as there was prior to the injury. Uh, so I, I, but I do think Sean Payton, if this defense is good, uh, he could kind of get this team back to respectability. Uh, and, uh, and, and so I wouldn't count him out, but you know, the Chiefs are still the team to beat in this division. Uh, I think I think it's the Broncos could challenge the Chargers for second place if, if Sean Payton kind of figures things out. So uh, it's going to be a competitive division. But, yeah, I think the I think the Broncos are in a decent spot, because, but solely because of uh, of their coach at this point, because, you know, they're not going to be like what we see now roster wise. It's great on defense, but they're not really going to be able to do much more not picking until the third round unless they just, you know, have, have an amazing draft and hit on some, you know, all pro talents uh, in that third round, but they have two picks uh, back to back. Hey, Ray Bond, good stuff. That's the entire AFC. We have our NFC free agency update episode out as well on the action network podcast. So check that out. If you enjoyed this one, we certainly appreciate all of you stopping by. We also have our new episode of March madness player props Coming out Wednesday afternoon, Sean Kerner, Nick Giffen, uh, myself included. We will go through player props for the Sweet 16. Starting Thursday, we'll have a new NFL draft betting update episode, which will be coming your way every week right here on the Action Network podcast as well. Joined by Travis Reed and Luke Swain, a.k.a. Vegas Refund, to discuss all things betting in the NFL draft market. Chris Raybon, Bernie Glasheen, thanks for listening to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.